Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead. On ABC, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're talking about Season 4, Episode 6, this week, titled Live Bait. Uh, I don't know what to make of the title of this one. Is this a, a title that is going to pay off in future episodes, or is there something I'm missing here? You missed something here. What did I miss? A sign that said Live Bait in the episode. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm That's not really fucking it? kidding you. Yeah, that's what was drawing the walkers to the 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 fence at the, at the end of the episode. There is a live bait sign that was swinging and squeaking, and they are all pushed up against the fence trying to get at it. Seriously, that's that can't be the only reference here. That would be silly. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, we can play the name game if you want, but there wasn't I, I would a whole, be terrible at it this week. I I, I was. Uh, I will just say that. The title had me expecting one thing that the episode uh, zagged on. So, but I, again, I, a lot of this stuff I can't talk about until we get to the spoiler section. Okay. Because I, I mean, I need to unpack, and that's it's going to be weird. It's going to be an interesting spoiler section because I've got a lot to process and unpack and discuss, um, and I haven't really talked about it since you are shit for spoilers, for comic <laughs> spoilers. Uh, and yeah, I don't have and our last spoiler section was way off, probably. So yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I have to recalibrate. So I'm, I'm kind of yep. interested, and I got a, we got a quite a bit of spoiler takes this week too. So that'd be interesting. A little pre-spoiler teaser. As you know, <laughs> we don't do that shit in the main cast. We save that to the end, so y'all can get out if you don't want to hear it. Absolutely. But let's get to the main cast. Speaking of the main cast. Uh, we start off this week with the governor, uh, the scene from last season where the governor just mows down all of his people. Uh, we start right after that where he shot them all in the head and they're getting back in the truck and driving off. That kind of just sets the time frame for us there. Uh, lets us know that this happens immediately after that. And so he's wandering. He's growing his beard. <laughs> uh, he's learning people's names on the streets. Um so so that, that sets the time frame, which I appreciated, you know. Otherwise, I'd be kind of lost in this episode. Certainly. I mean, the beard would help you kind of date it a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, a couple things I was impressed with is I really – one of the big questions I had about the governor is why would his lieutenant stay with him after that? Well, it turns mm-hmm. – and, and also, I got a lot – like I've never mispronounced something that drove people as crazy as the way I say Martin as. It's bullshit, man. It's Martinez. Mar- Martin as ass. Um and Schuper. Uh is that his name? The other uh, guy? Well, I think the it's the strong silent type. I think it's Schumpert. Sh- Schumpert? Yeah, I just call him Bowman because that's what he's credited as on IMDb. Thank God, because Schumpert is not a real name. It's a Ben and Jerry flavor. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, but they're like, you know, borderline disgusted with him. Uh, I felt like, why did he, why was he so catatonic at the fire? Uh, So everything had just gone really wrong for him, right? And I... And, and that plays out through this episode. We see a lot of the the effects of that, um, but I, I think that's really what it was about. He had just lost everything that he had been working so hard to to build and defend. Right. Um, and then we've got uh, this Ben Nichols last pale light that kind of hammers at home that he 
it set and set us up for a governor who is not defiant, who is not psychotic. He seems deeply regretful of the things that he do, has done, um, and takes a lot of ownership for his actions. Um, I don't, I, I don't know when to start talking about whether all this stuff worked for us or not, or whether we should just get. It seems like we should get further into the episode before we get bogged down on all that. Yeah, absolutely. At what um, point? Let, let me let, let's tell me at which point you were like, "This is bullshit." Uh, well, when Martinez shot off his gun and that walker or that parking lot didn't fill up with walkers, that was kind of bullshit. <laughs> Good point. Like Good. They, they do that several times this episode. They make it a point. Uh, they've made it a point in previous episodes to say, "Hey, gunshots attract walkers," and yet Martinez shoots a walker, doesn't attract any other walkers. That he didn't really have to either. What do you mean it didn't have to? I mean, this this lone on fire walker was in no immediate danger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, if, if she had killed the governor, it might not have been the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh no, it would have been okay by me. Yeah, we would have been done with this episode right then and there. Uh, and then later on, we hear that uh, what's her face Tara has been upstairs shooting walkers uh, with hundreds and hundreds of bullets, and yet. That apartment complex is not surrounded by walkers, so zombie central. No, they're they're yeah. the the zombies in the apartment complex were like the squirrels in my old house. You just <laughs> kind of hear them scurrying up in the attic, but they don't really bother you. They're not they're not threatening. Uh, every once in a while, you'll make a futile effort to flush them out, but they're still going to be there, scabbling scabbering around up there. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I, so yeah, I mean, Martinez and and uh, Bowman leave him. Kind of at the end there. Um, and then he goes back to Woodbury and, correct me if I'm wrong, he burns it to the ground, right? He burns it to the ground. And there was okay. a, some 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 arty images. Uh, they've been using this desaturated um, – it looks like they're filming with like a GoPro digital camera or something stuck just weird places like fenders of cars and out the tailpipe. And, <laughs> yeah, um, very and Breaking I feel like, Bad. Yeah, the way – and. It seemed a lot like the techniques they were using with Rick driving back to the prison last week. And I felt like that this episode was deliberately contrasting the governor to Rick Grimes on many, many occasions. Um, yeah. Did that work for you? Did you get that? Um, so I guess now is as good a time as any to say my opinion has been tempered a little bit. Um, really? Because you were episode. breathing fire. God, yeah. I the first time I hated this episode. Uh, the second time through, I I paid a little bit more attention to what they were trying to do with the governor here. Um, I still don't completely buy it because I mean, fuck him. He's a, a terrible villain. Like he is a horrible person. Um, I I see where they're going with his daughter, but that doesn't tell me why he was holding heads in fish tanks and like killing people who he finds out uh, in the countryside, like. That's some horrible shit. Yeah, fair enough. And I and again, that's my take. Is I I I feel like if I detach myself from the depths the governor sunk to last mm-hmm. year, um, that this episode would work as a you know kind of origin story or something to kind of like you know there but for the grace of God goes Rick Grimes. Absolutely, but it, yeah. It is hard, especially um, him just massacring everybody at Woodbury. Um, it's really hard to to overlook that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of Shaneism going on here, right? With all the people who are not remembering how horrible of a guy this was. Like, yeah, 
But we've seen that in every show we cover. I mean, there are people. There are there was fans of Walter White till the end. Yeah. Uh, there are fans of the Boltons uh, in Game of Thrones. Passionate fan base. Uh, I mean, uh, Michael Boltons. Bolton is inexcusable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like you know, there there are certain people that. Um, as long as something's interesting, can root for. I think Don Draper is a fucking monster. Sure, uh, but he's interesting to watch. Uh, did you feel like the governor was interesting this episode? Yeah, yeah, uh, more so than uh, kind of the mixed bag of hero slash villain we saw last season. I think he was. This episode did a lot better job of trying to make him sympathetic, even though I couldn't really buy it at this point. Um, if this had been, you know, earlier last season, that would be awesome. So he sees one thing that I thought was maybe a little too on the nose was the casting of the governor's daughter. Okay. Like it's one thing to have the grandfather basically telling you what is going on and what you know the governor is feeling and thinking in this situation. It's another thing to have him bond with his – her mother and all that stuff, but to have her basically be uh, exactly like his old, his old daughter, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the same, in, in, in the same way that his wife looked a lot like Andrea. You know, uh, it's like this. It's I I didn't I wasn't a big fan of how on the nose it all was because it's like I was saying in Facebook. It's like there's the one redeemable quality of the governor and that was his loyalty to his daughter even the yeah. zombie daughter and and wanting to hold on to that and i feel like that was the only thing they could really hang a narrative on so they just hammered and hammered and hammered that yeah sure and i mean there are some you know this goes in i will we'll get there um when we're talking to the the grandfather in the bedroom uh uh-huh. so maybe i want to hold off on this but uh I don't know. There, so there's like, I don't know, the idea that he's protecting people, like not only Penny, but also the people at Woodbury he was protecting uh, in his own way, which was to go kill everybody else. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a theme that I think works if he's not a complete psycho lunatic. So you've never read any of the uh, um, Road to the Governor uh, prequel books that uh, Kirkman and company wrote. I have not, and I don't feel that I should have to to like this episode. And if no, I do, it's a fault. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Fam- I'm familiar with a little bit of the plot enough that I kind of get some of the name references, but I've not read mm-hmm. it either. It seems that if you are a fan of that series and the larger mythos, you like this episode a lot more because I guess there's a lot of callbacks to that. I agree with you. You shouldn't have to be familiar with the source material to enjoy an adaptation. Um, but I know, like, his name, Brian, that was a big reference. Um, mm-hmm. And they worked that in with the, you know, barn that he, that he got. The, uh, when you first saw this episode and you heard the voiceover to Governor talking to the woman, well, who did you think that woman was? Carol, obviously. <laughs> I, it, she it sounds so much like Melissa McBride, it's not even funny. Yeah, in the first, like, three or four sentences, I was like, oh, that's Carol. That's really weird. Are we uh, certain that he's not – that that isn't him talking to Carol and this is going to be a flashback that we get to, like, two episodes from now? Because, man, it sounds like Carol. I'm pretty sure that it was Brosis or whatever her name is. Tara, okay. I think. Yeah. The uh, uh, the lesbian cop or yeah, the, ner- the lesbian the straight fist nurse? Yeah, the lesbian fist-bumping uh, – 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure which one of them it was, but okay. I, I think it was one of them. And by the way, that's not a dig on her. She actually, the second time I watched it, I realized that she talked about being a lesbian. Uh-huh. Yeah, and when they're totally walking was, down the road. That totally was whoosh the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah. So right. if anybody else is saying that they're like, oh, God, man, this guy's a woman's uh, tough cop and she's got short hair. She's a lesbian now. No, it's because <laughs> she dates women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to qualify, I think. And also the fist bumping, I think, plays something in there. I, I don't know. Um, All right. Anyway, anyway so at the yeah, end of this this kind of montage where he's like burning stuff and walking down the road and uh, evading zombies, he falls over. And uh, he sees the girl in the window, which I thought was actually kind of cool when he stood up and he walks past the window and the girl and the window, the girl's gone. The window is closed. So you don't know if he is hallucinating this or if this is actually real at that. Yes. Point. Yes. I thought that was very effective. In fact, my first yeah. thought was it was hallucination and he's going to come in here and get jumped by zombies. And, you know, that will. And then I was just assuming we'd have the intro and then we go to the prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, right yeah uh, I, I think it's i mean to the second or third commercial break where i was like nope buckle in it's all governor all the time yeah um but he actually speaking the voiceover he completely owned his own actions he said uh you know we had a good thing going we had good people and then what happened uh, the man in charge just lost it yeah so and he barely got out alive which implies that the governor is Maybe turning over a new leaf, which is going to be interesting. At the very least, I'm interested to see how this ends up playing because this guy in this episode doesn't seem like the kind that's going to storm the prison and kill and drag out a bunch of men, innocent men, women, and children and kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder if he still has that bloodlust for Michonne. I mean, if he's taking full ownership of his actions, uh, I don't think that he could do that. Now, I guess if. Uh, uh, is what is her name? Megan? Is that the 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 little girl? The, yeah. the new Penny? I don't know if she dies. All bets are off again. But that feels like even if that happens to me, that's going to be a little bit too much going back to get wet water from the same well. Um, I don't know. Okay. But again, it just depends on how they handle it. All right. So the governor goes inside. He finds two women: young girl Megan and an old man who I whose name I don't know. Did I, they I ever say it? His name's Grandpa. Grandpa. Okay. Uh, Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> uh, they decide they're going to allow him to stay, but he better not try any shit. Or, I'm sorry, S-H-I-T. Uh, the governor says his name is Brian Harriet, and that he's by, just staying for the night. By the way, the only thing worse than fans leaving us a one-star review on iTunes saying that we curse too much or discussing an ep- uh, a show where people get raped and guts get torn out is a woman living in the zombie apocalypse is worried about swear <laughs> words. Yeah, yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. No, no, no. The, the only thing that's worse than that is a woman living in the zombie apocalypse who slides you a gun and says, here, bro. Like, <laughs> this bu- pound it out. The fuck? Pound it out, man. Come on. Pound I, it out. There pound was... it out. Pound it out. <laughs> All right. Here you go. <laughs> no, no. It's over now. Uh, <laughs> Too late. Left you hanging. There was... So, this character... What, terrible. Did you like anything about this character? No, it's terrible. It's just like the hippie uh, dude and chick that they had two episodes before with Carol. I don't understand why they can't write – why they can't get good character actors to play a decently sketched character for an episode. It really well, seems like a problem for them. Yeah, it feels like they're 
they're trying to write these characters who like might show up in the real world. Like you might meet some douchebag frat guy or something who says here, bro all the time. But I I don't know if it's the actors can't pull it off or if it's just really stereotypically written. It is the latter. And the other thing is, um, yeah, there are people, there are idiot tweakers like that, that you meet on city buses and whatnot. But I don't want to – when I watch fiction, when I say I want realistic plots, I think I want things to make sense. But I don't want the bullshit, stupid stuff from the real world that's annoying. That's not the kind of realism I'm looking for. I'm looking for higher, a heightened reality version of our world where things are always awesome and interesting and cool. You know? Okay. I don't sure. want – I don't want – like just like I'm uh, 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 on this podcast uh, – if I was writing my dialogue to be in a Hollywood script, I would not put that shit in. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would be the smartest, most articulate version of myself. So, sure. like, if you want to do a surfer dude or whatever, uh, Y, A, a uh, and B, uh, you, you got to do a better job at it, man. Sure. No, I'm with you. I didn't like that character at all. Uh, so, the, the least douchey of the sisters, I don't know her name. Lily. Lily? Okay. Yeah. Uh, She brings the governor some SpaghettiOs, and he dumps them out the window. Why? Uh, I do not know, The man man passed out in the street, presumably from exhaustion, exposure, hunger, and he's turning his nose up. Herschel would be rolling over in his non-existing grave. Yeah. I mean, he's so close to Spaghetti Tuesdays. Spaghetti O close. I mean, in the zombie apocalypse, that's close enough. That's as and close as you ju- could really expect to get, I think. He's just dumping it out the window. I don't understand why he did that. I don't know. And then he goes and he eats, like, cat food or something. So, Yeah, so it's like – I see, and I, I, this is why it, it threw me off the scent. I thought this whole thing is like I'm not going to accept kindness from these people because I'm going to murder them all. Oh, I really okay. thought this episode was going to involve him – at the end, murdering everyone and stealing this the arsenal that they had, mm-hmm. um, which turned out to be bullshit. So, uh, yeah. It did okay. not go that way for me. No, it did not. Uh, anyway, so we find out. We go back over to the other apartment uh, where Brosis is staying, and uh, we find out the little girl's not eating, uh, but she plays a mean game of backgammon. So yes, watch out. Does. Uh, the, then the governor brings his empty bowl back, and they make him wash the dishes, and they get him coffee, <laughs> and they explain to him how they've survived up here the entire time. Which seems to be largely on the strength of a shitty food truck and a remarkable luck of no raiders, mm-hmm. no zombie herds, no nothing has bothered them. They've not. I don't believe these people have left this apartment building the whole time. There's no uh-huh. fucking way. They would have been dead in minutes. They don't even know how to kill a zombie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't really have to leave, right? They've got roni sticks. Uh, they've <laughs> they've got oxygen tanks. Yep. And I, I will say that I do. I thought that they did a really good job of laying the framework where we could believe that. Like, as I was ready to call, mm-hmm. like, how is this fucker? As soon as I saw him with a, a tube up his nose, I'm like, how is this fucker alive? This guy should be dead. I don't know much about oxygen, but I know that. You know, I don't know anything about oxygen, but I know that that you use quite a bit of it up and it'd probably be unbelievable that he still has it. Well, they actually lampshaded all that with, hey, he he happened to drive for a food truck with an oxygen tank and my sister's a nurse and we morally questionably 
cleaned out a hospital of their oxygen supplies while we were fleeing in panic. Um, so yeah, I mean that I, I had to shut up and say, okay, you've at least covered your bases there. Sure. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that at all. Um, so then the governor gets up and he carries the old man to bed, uh, to the surprise of the two women there. Uh, he talks about raising his children and asks the governor to get the backgammon set out of another apartment. Uh, so that his granddaughter will talk again. And this is a point that I want people to remember this episode. Okay. That his granddaughter is not talking. Right. Remember that. Okay. (laughs) I'm remembering. I don't know where you're going, but I'm remembering. Okay. Well, you all have remembered now. Uh, So I kind of like the idea that this family is so sheltered, like we were talking about, because it gives us um, another chance to kind of go back and see – I guess Rick's experience with all of this, like kind of learning everything for the first time again. Um, I don't feel like they did quite enough with it. Like when the grandpa dies, I kind of would have liked to seen the reactions to him smashing his brains in, uh, like their immediate reactions. But I it just kind of cuts that. away. I thought well, like we saw exactly everyone's immediate reactions and that they are. Yeah, but soft. it wasn't dealt with. Like they're soft as a Stay Puft marshmallow, man. <laughs> Okay, I guess once uh, he starts bashing away with an air tank, they're not really going to try to physically stop him. Well, we know the so. hard one, the one that was all like rough and tough, was uh, sitting against the bed with her back to it, with her fingers in her ears going, la, 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 la. The little girl was screaming and terrified of the governor, and, you know, Lily was apparently turned on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh. the governor handled his business there. Um, All right. The other thing in this scene is the old man tells uh, the governor that Lil or Tara has been upstairs blasting the zombies to pieces, <laughs> blasting the walkers to pieces, and yet she has not thought a single time to shoot it in the head. Right. Not one bullet has gone through a zombie's head. That right. is absolutely ridiculous to me. The first thing you would do if if a shot wasn't taken down a walker is shoot it in the head. And you I'm not think. saying this from a zombie perspective. I'm saying if you were trying to take down a person yes. and you shot it four or five times in the chest and it still kept coming, yes. you'd shoot him in the head. Yes. Yeah, so, no. I, I, I clear to me these people have not been outside these four walls. I mean, they can't have, which is kind of incredible. Where do they poop? <laughs> did, they, did they just hang their they asses? A, did, did they, they hang out their asses of the window of broken dreams <laughs> that the governor no, just put it in the refrigerator? That the, that the governor just puts his spaghettios down in a picture of his family. That's just where everything bad goes. You just <laughs> hang your ass out there, and no one talks about it. Ugh. Uh, no, but I, I don't know. Um, and they this is the first of the many fetch quests that they send this guy on. This is like World of Warcraft yep. stuff. Bring me back yep, five so. beaver. Bring me back five beaver pelts, and you can level up, Philip. Uh, no, Brian. Brian. Oh yes, Brian. That's true. True. Anyway, so was Brian. Why did uh, he Bri- lie about having a family? I don't understand. Uh, did, did he lie about having a family? He, he's at. They oh, said, oh, to the have... girls earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to the old man, because the old man asked if he had family, and he said no. And then he went on this thing. Well, you can't understand about being a real man. Um, oh, did he straight up ask him? I missed that. I thought I. That's what my notes say. Okay. Uh, so maybe, maybe he did. I might have just missed it. Also, let me ask you this. We found out, because he talked about his buddy, uh, and he used to play back, backgammon together. How do you not know about his buddy shooting himself in the head? 
Um, and if they were all in this apartment building together, why wasn't he down there with them? I mean, this is like some World War veteran buddy of his, right? Or Vietnam vet. Uh, yeah, it seemed like it. Lieutenant Danning up there in the, the, the bathtub. You'd think that this guy, why would he commit suicide? I mean, he's got a family and, and uh, a good friend that he could he could uh, s- s- uh, hole up with. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there were zombies in the hallway at some point, and he, they just couldn't get to him. They just never something. go – yeah. I Again, this – I'm trying to visualize what it'd be like to stay in that apartment for like 12 months with no yeah. running water. I mean, it's been a lot longer than that, right? Well, I'm I with the flashback, I don't know. Well, you know that beard took like months to grow. Sure, sure. So, I mean, even if we say seasons 1 through 3 were what like a year and a half, 2 years? I th- I thought that we were um I, I was saying low end estimate of eighteen months, high end of two years. So, okay. but yeah, I mean they've been since the SHIT hit the fan. Uh, they've been in that apartment for like a year, year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. They they just stayed there with their rony sticks. Uh, so the governor goes up to three hundred three and he finds a backgammon set. Uh, he finds a couple of bullets. He finds that old man in the bathtub who has tried to commit suicide. Yeah, uh, that was rad. That was very cool. Uh, something that I had not even really considered. Uh, the idea that if you don't actually wound your brain enough when you commit suicide, that you're coming back. That happens to surprisingly uh, lot of people committing suicide because they don't realize how much eye and sinus is your your skull has before you get to your brain. And if you don't angle it right... Uh, you can you can fuck up the whole thing, blow your face off, and and leave your brain intact. In fact, I think that's something that is. I guess it's for Hollywood purposes, but it's interesting how any shot to the head instantly incapacitates a zombie. Whereas sure. in real life, people can have railroad spikes driven through their head, crowbars put through their head, forty-five round of ammunition through their brain, and still be not just alive in the medical sense but relatively highly functional yeah you know you can stick in i mean that's how they used to do lobotomies right they stick an ice pick in the corner of your temple wiggle it up and down and boom you're cured of whatever your mental illness was um you know i i I think it's interesting how it's just like that's like a one shot one kill and yet they had this guy in the bathtub with his face blown off which kind of belies that whole concept yeah i mean so I think of it, you know, from the TV show perspective, if I'm an audience member and I don't realize that that's possible, yeah. and I see a zombie get shot in the head and it doesn't go down, I'm like, oh, God, that's a game changer. Right, right. Uh, but yet they showed so, him with his face blown off and not dead. So I don't – it yeah. seems like that kind of, they kind of, like, violated that. But it was a cool scene. It was really, really wicked, man. Very cool, yeah. So uh, the governor kills that guy and he takes a, a gun that he found in his hand. Um, and then we go back to the apartment and the governor – Folds himself out of his family picture. Yep. Why? So at this point, he is not over his old family in the least, right? He just doesn't like the man that he was, and he's trying to change that. Or he doesn't like, I mean, I, I, is it the man he was or the man he became? And now he's like feels like he's dishonored his family's memory. Yeah, it seems like so earlier when he's sitting on the couch before he takes the old man to the bedroom, he sees himself in the television uh-huh. and he sees like his new look with yeah. the beard and everything. Uh-huh. Um so to me like that old look, you're you're probably right is what he views as like the crazy governor that he was talking about in the voiceover. Right. 
Um, so yeah, to take that out of kind of his, his old family and just be who he is now with that family makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, then we go back to Lily, um, giving the governor some things for the road. She comes into the apartment. She says, thank you. Sees his family Uh, picture before he's able to put it away. Yes. Yeah, she does. Uh, At this point, she knows he's full of shit. (laughs) Well, it also gives her an in uh, to dig on his sympathies a little bit here so that she can have him go get some oxygen for her grandfather or for her father. Yeah. This time it was five ox pelts, I think, he had to get. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So he he agrees to that immediately. (laughs) I love her response that he's like, you got him in the brain to kill him. She's like, why? Like. Who who asked that question into that response? Five year olds would, but not a grown ass woman. I mean, she's a nurse too. Like that yeah. actually would make you'd be like, man, I feel like an idiot. That makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. You got to destroy the brain to put them down. Yep. Uh, so Philip slash Brian runs over to the nursing home and almost gets eaten trying to get these oxygen bottles, but he makes it out with two of them. Lots of lots of feeble zombies in this episode. Yeah, lots of zombies without legs and zombies in wheelchairs and zombies, zombies bedridden. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Also, he made the classic Walking Dead mistake of trying to get out and through an area that you have not came in. Mm-hmm. Like he, he finds this convenient oxygen cart full of oxygen. It's in a cart, so you can push it. And instead of just turning around and going back towards the enfeebled wheelchair. And a bedridden zombie, he decides to push out through some other area and finds a whole piss pot full of worker and orderly zombies that are ambulant. I mean, it's the same thing they did at the university last week or two weeks ago. What yeah. The- I, I don't know, man. You're right. It's exactly Go the same. Go back the way you that. came. Good Survival call. 101. Uh, yeah, so he gets back and he gives them the oxygen tanks and then uh, – Lily attends to his wounds, and she explains uh, that when he came back, Megan thought that it was her dad finally coming right back from getting beers and lottery tickets three and a half years earlier. And then she leaves Megan with him for a while, which he doesn't seem too pleased about. Uh, when when she says that, he just like, oh, God, he rolls his eyes. <laughs> He's like... This thing is painful for him, but more to the point, I think that Lily needs to be nominated for the Lori Grimes Mother of the Year Award for leaving your daughter with a homeless crazy person that you barely know and you already know that he hi- he 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 hid a weapon from you so i just yeah don't... well i i don't know he explained that he said he found it in the apartment above yeah but still it's kind of like you know they didn't want him to have a gun so he finds a gun and keeps it on i mean it's 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 smart and all i'm just saying just saying maybe not leave your emotionally fragile daughter behind with this you know drunk jedi looking dude sure sure and i mean that's that's maybe a an issue with this scene the bigger issue i have remember when i told you to remember that she wasn't talking Uh uh-huh she walks into this room and she says mama uh Uh and her mother turns around so casually like she had been just talking the entire time that's true i forgot that she actually said something first i i kind of thought that yeah that's kind of a plot hole yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not just the fact that she does actually talk. The, the it's the fact that lack nobody of gives reaction. a shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, they've been trying to get her to talk for these low many years, and finally this this weird this weirdo brings it out of her, and you'd think she'd just be like, oh, my God, Megan. 
you know? or, or they'd address it in some way, but they don't. Right. And, they, right. and then that very scene is about her opening up to this guy and feeling comfortable with him, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. feeling safe around him. And that's why she's talking to him. Sure. It's, it just it blows my mind that they didn't do anything to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the the mostly shaven governor is now in uh, Lily and Tara's apartment, and he's teaching Megan some life lessons through chess while her grandfather is dying in the other room. Bob Angelo is so pissed that he missed out on a chess analogy. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, he'll he'll hear that story later. I'm sure. That's right. His his checker shit just didn't just just didn't stack up. Not even close. Uh, so the grandfather dies, and the uh, the nice sister Lily brings Megan in but, to see his corpse. But, okay. Before we move on from this, though, uh-huh. his his point was, uh, you can lose many pawns and still win the game. Sure. This foreshadowing is at an is at loggerheads with the governor's character arc that we think he's going on, right? Yeah, like this you're is something absolutely that, right. This is something the old governor would say, like this, you know, it's it's not over till it's over, right? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I lost a bunch of pawns, but the king's still around, baby. Um and Yeah, then her, and then they put an eye patch on it. I mean, come on. So it's like our I I don't know what they want which which story are they wanting us to invest in? Uh, the governor turning over a new leaf and 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 ultimately is going to refall and go berserk again, or the fact that this is like a surface change that he's not fully invested in, I I don't know, and is driving the part of me that likes to look forward and see if I can figure out what's coming ahead uh, crazy. Yeah, so I, I think your analysis of that is really spot on. I mean, the, I think what they want is for the audience to just kind of blow past it, like I just did in this outline. Okay. Um, <laughs> and to think, oh, new governor, he's turned over a new leaf, and he's probably going to be nice now, when, in fact, there is something still under the surface there uh, that, I'm s- that expresses itself every once in a while like that. I'm somewhat concerned that they do not know the answer. And uh, The writers? The writers themselves are wanting to punt this to the second half of the next years where they would have time to definitively decide what they want to do with this character. Uh, so them, this is basically them them uh, trying to tag up on base and like you know uh, let's see how they react to the mid season finale and then we can go from we can go from there. Um, I think that's a bad idea, man. Well, it's just me, my speculation, so don't get too don't get too worked up about it. Sure, this no, is, I, I'm saying, but if that's what they do, ugh, not yeah. not digging it. I just don't understand why they're playing both sides at uh, you know this late in the game. Sure. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so we go outside, and the governor is burying what's left of the old man after his face got splattered. Uh, and his the, the nice sister comes out and helps him. Mm. And when he goes back inside, uh, Tara thanks him for saving her, and they pound it out once again. Pound it out again. Ugh. And Megan but, is scared of him now. Um, yeah. Megan's scared. Lesbians love to pound it out. <laughs> All right. At least this lesbian does. I don't want to generalize. That, that could be a southern lesbian culture thing. No. Oh. Right. <laughs> I know nothing about any kind of lesbian culture, so I won't go there. I don't either. Uh, so the governor burns the picture of his wife and Penny, and then he says goodbye to Lily, but uh, she won't let him leave without taking them with her or with him, uh, because now you know 
they're they're not kind of bound to this apartment before. I feel like they were with the grandfather being so sick and all. Right. Uh, and now they can they see that he's certainly going to be mobile. So why shouldn't they be as well? Right. Uh, I don't know how they're going to carry all those Roni sticks, though, man. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, I. Eh. Uh, let me ask you this. Why did they leave? Um, I I didn't even I think it's just because this. the governor was going to leave. But, okay, okay, I I buy that. But this is something that I didn't even think about until I was listening to Step in the Wall's podcast, and he made this point. It's like the second that he agreed to go, the the let them come with him, he should have turned on his heel and say, "We're staying here. We got okay, plenty so- of food. We got a secure area. You dumbasses." Dumbasses with a child and an enfeebled old man have been able to survive for low these many years in harsh Georgia winters. Mm-hmm. I'm parking my ass here because now your your chances of survival with a guy uh, like me that can get shit done and knows how to fucking kill a zombie just went through the roof. We are going to become like an effective tight fighting unit. Uh, I'm going to strip the tires off of every car to 50 mile radius. <laughs> Make this building bulletproof. The only thing we uh, we just have to find a girl that talks a lot of game about how good she is with a bow, but ultimately <laughs> sucks at it. That's the missing component in our in our uh, female fo- uh, fierce force here. All right, um, so let's get serious about that for a second because I think the next scene is a clue as to that. Okay, because uh, they're they're driving down the road in the Roni truck, um, and they're talking like Tara's confessing that you know she's not a cop and all this lying stuff um and the governor is playing it like there are no lies there um which i guess he hasn't told any lies he just hasn't told them the whole truth okay uh, but th- there's something at the very <laughs> end that she asked him will will we make it and it seemed like not like a will we survive this whole thing but more like a will we make it to where we're going question okay. and i don't know where it is. I'm thinking the governor may have something in mind as far as a destination for them. Well, I kind of was confused and still confused. Is he heading back to the General Woodbury area? That seems like a really bad idea. There's no town there anymore. Well, he burnt it down himself. <laughs> yeah. Is his plan to like? Um, I, I was his was his plan to like go to the prison and throw themselves at Rick Mercy and say, "Look, you can do what you want with me, but take these women in." You know, I, I, I was know. that in his plan? And if that's the case, that's actually a pretty cool – that would be a pretty cool thing to watch turn out. Why did uh, Martin Ass uh, show up at the end, you know, and seem like a uh. throw monkey wrench in that? But that's – I'm actually kind of invested in seeing what comes of that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, bef- actually, before we move on, the last scene where uh, he – Dumps the picture out the window, sets it on fire. I thought it was uh-huh. kind of cool that they left some of those spaghettios on the windowsill. Yeah, it's just a nice little touch. It's the and and all the runny shit piles from the cons yeah. eating a beefaroni and spaghetti rings <laughs> <laughs> and uh, beef snap sticks or whatever. I love how they were almost brand names, but not quite. Oh, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so they stop around a lake, and uh, Megan still is not talking to the governor. Uh, she's still scared of him. And when night falls, Lily and the governor just bone right next she, to the rest of their family. She backed that ass right up on him, man. 
And yeah, uh, he gave I mean, her it's the, a he gave her the old snake pliskin, and it was on. <laughs> he gave her a uh, pepperoni stick. <laughs> Oh God! So this uh, this is like flashback to season one, right? Where uh, Laurie and Rick are boning in the tent with Carl feet away. I mean, that's I don't get like there was a lot of hewing and crying over this. I don't get it. Like this is what we did for thousands and thousands of years before we got three bedroom houses. People, this is what <laughs> this is what three fifths of the world still does. You got one fan that everybody's piled on top of each other and. And how does, you know, and that's the other thing is like I was, so in a pre-industrial society where people like go to sleep at the, you know, when it gets dark and wake up when it gets light, Mm -hmm. that you like naturally wake up for like an hour in the middle of the night. And I guess that most pre-industrial civilization got most of their boning done in that little one hour window between your main sleep and your second sleep. So like all the kids are asleep and it's just you and the missus up and, you know. She's looking pretty right in the moonlight, and this is what happens. Is that what Billy Idol's singing about with the midnight hour? <laughs> It'd be more like the 1 or 2 a.m. hour, but yeah, sure, why not? All right. Uh, well, so I, I, I did not know that. History lessons from Aaron this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I, I didn't get quite how everyone's scandalized about that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, anyway, when they wake up, the car won't start. Uh, their Roni transport is done. So they walk down the road. Terror rolls that's her kind ankle. Of ama- that's kind of amazing that uh, that 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 that's, that truck would just break down, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird, but I mean, it, it was probably well maintained and serviced, right? You know, you it was a so. delivery vehicle. Although I guess it's probably been sitting out there for a year and a half. Never mind. I, I, I retract my objection. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so they're walking down the road. And Tara rolls her ankle at the most inopportune time because right as she does, the horde closes in. Uh, They drop their packs and they run as best they can. Megan stays behind and the governor has to kind of coax her along when she, you know, she finally changes her mind about him and says, okay, this guy's here to protect me, right? He's less scary than the 50 undead walkers coming at us, so. (laughs) Not by much, though. It takes her a while. (laughs) Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, so they, they go running and they fall into the screamer pits. Um, these, these are not the same screamer pits, right? Right? They can't be. No. I, again, Woodbury's burnt, man. There's no way these can be the same screamer pits. And, and that's one of okay. my open questions is why, why is Mr. Martin ass, uh, digging these pits? I mean, we knew why Philip did, mm-hmm. um, cause he was doing his zombie R and D and doing, providing bread and circuses for the people. Um, but why i mean is he adopting some of the governor tactics is it just a convenient is a convenient way to lure and dispose of zombies i don't know it could be i don't know um man running full tilt into a pit like that carrying a 10 year old would suck hardcore yeah it would i wouldn't be able to get up for five minutes at least and this guy just springs his feet fighting zombies it's crazy yeah that's why he's a governor man he is that is exactly why um, so the one thing that does tell me the fact that there's a screamer pit here is that, uh, Martinez has set up some, by the way, this is where the live bait. Well, I mentioned that in the earlier part. This is the, uh-huh. uh, this is where the live bait sign is. Okay. Just swinging in the breeze, swinging in the breeze, dumb zombies. Yep. Uh, all right. It's well, ironic that, that they're it, attracted by what's not actually live bait. That's like some Alanis Morissette shit right there. What are you talking about? 
the, the, the live bait sign is not actually live nor bait, yet it attracted zombies. Oh, oh, the sign itself is attracting zombies? Yes, yes. Oh, I, I assumed it was a live bait within the shop. No, what shop? It was just a sign. It's like literally like, you know, one of those live bait five miles down the road that you see in every rural. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, well, that's it for the episode, man. What's uh, our zombie? I, what's the zombie kill of the week? That's about what I was to get to. Okay, because uh, you had two strong candidates right here. You do. So I really like the one where he's smashing in the grandpa's face with the air tank. That was pretty cool. But, man, the bone to the jaw was just incredible. Just ripping the dude's head off. Peel the top <laughs> of his head right off. Yeah, with a bone from the pile of walker bones. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know if it actually worked that way. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter, right? Mechanically, cool. but it, it, it was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, of course... Idiot Survivor of the Week. Who else could I give it to but Brosis herself, Tara? Brosis. Uh, yes. Let's pound, uh, pound it out in her memory. Do you think her? Uh, do you think her and her sister survived? I wondered that, but the second time I watched it, I noticed, uh, and, and I only noticed this because the fucking subtitles, uh, the closed captioning, said distant machine gun fire. And I'm like, what the hell? Huh. And sure enough, there why was why the governor was struggling down there in the pits. You could hear rat a tat tatting in the background. So oh, I'm wow. guessing I'm guessing that's uh, Martin Ass and crew uh, saving the sisters. Yeah, yeah, that would be my guess too. Cool. Uh, that's it. That is it for the episode. Do we have any pimping we want to do? Uh, we have big pimping. Uh, would you like to go first or my, me? Sure, I'll take it. Uh, right. Our first sponsor tonight is a generous Kickstarter donator by the name of Jet Jeff Betmerick, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, he owns Craft Light Electric, which is an electrical contracting business in the D.C. metro area. Um, he's actually not service-based, um, so unless you're like a, a general contractor or an architect or a builder of some kind, uh, you probably shouldn't call him right. uh, because he doesn't really have any services for you. But he was just an awesome guy who wanted to, uh, you know, kick some money towards us, and uh, we figured we'd mention his name. He's also a pretty hardcore libertarian. We, we also have at least one architect that I know listens to the show, Mr. Levi Jeans. There you go. So you should call him and see what uh, what wares he's hawking. Absolutely. Uh, but he also wanted to mention that he's a pretty hardcore libertarian, um, and as a libertarian, he feels like uh, he shouldn't have to push his ideology on you um and as long as you don't push it on him you guys can get along you know um i i'm not like super up on what libertarianism is other than just you know kind of everyone for themselves like stay out of my business i won't mess with you you know yeah don't tread on me um yeah, yeah i yeah, guess yeah. that's more tea party nowadays um i I used to self-identify as a libertarian. In fact, at the first election I was eligible to vote, I voted straight party libertarian. Uh, we did terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, now I've kind of come up with my own political party that I like to call rad- radical moderates. Um, I just wish that people quit fucking be stupid and uh, dogmatic and work together to get shit done. Pie in the um, sky. But I'm certainly I'm I'm certainly sympathetic to that and Indiana is a hotbed of libertarianism actually and and uh, he wanted yeah. to shout out what was the name of the podcast? Uh, yeah, there's a podcast called We Are Libertarians and it's Indianapolis based or Indiana based anyway. Um, and he says that's really good, so check that out if you're interested in uh, yeah. his 
his views. Again, we try to be apolitical, but when someone gives us money, we will <laughs> pimp their politics, <laughs> which is the essence of what's probably wrong in the country. And, uh, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm not even saying I agree with it. I'm, I'm just happy. Saying, you know, I'm that's happy what he per- likes. I'm so. happy to participate in the filthy, filthy political process. It's great. Um, oh, we also have, uh, you know, as as you know, all season long, we've been sponsored uh, by our our friend. Uh, Dr. Brandon DeVito. Uh, Jim, have you noticed the gas prices have been low lately? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, we're under three bucks a gallon for the first time that I can remember in a long time, probably more than five years. Mm-hmm. Do you know why it's been so low? No, I don't, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me. It's because demand is static and supplies are booming. And do you know why supplies are so high? I don't. It turns out it's all about drilling and difficult ever more difficult conditions to find that sweet sweet crude oil and you know who's an expert in drilling in difficult conditions that's right uh, <laughs> that's right i'm not going to wait for you to pull the beat a straight okay. man anymore <laughs> fine the official dentist of bald move dr brandon devito it turns out he's pioneered advanced drilling techniques that he has consulted for and licensed these techniques to the likes of exxon mobile bp conoco it's going to be miles and miles of smiles from here on out, at least until they hit a ball rog or something. Um, you'd think at such high-level consultation, make a man like Dr. DeVito rich. And you might ask why such a man with so much capital and fame and fortune would still want to work on your teeth. It's because he cares so much. And he loves dental hygiene and health above all else. He would love to take care of your teeth. I'd like to remind you all to brush at least twice a day for two minutes each with toothpaste approved by the American Dental Association and to floss daily. And if you're in the Carolina region, you got no excuse not to look him up and uh, have have your teeth taken care of, man. I before it's too late, before the zombie apocalypse go, come, comes on, the guys like DeVito are going to be awfully hard to find. For sure, man. Uh, do you know anything about his political leanings? <laughs> <laughs> No. All right. Let's, uh, uh, that'll let's be next Kickstarter. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's that's for next Kickstarter. Um, we are also uh, just real quick. We're part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all of our shits at baldmove.com. Uh, per, you know, all of our affiliates, uh, Because Show, Personal Arrogance, Up Yours Downstairs. We always appreciate ratings, reviews, and iTunes. Use our Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. And uh, enough of that stuff. Let's get on to feedback. Ryan from Salt Lake City says, I've listened to two podcasts in this episode, Your Instant Cast and another, on both the host who happened to be a parent liked the episode and the other who didn't have kids didn't like it. Is there something to that, Jim? You there know totally spawn-having son of a bitch. I, I, would not, uh, I would not claim that that is not a factor. Hmm. I definitely, it's, it, it's, you know, my favorite part of The Walking Dead is Rick and Carl's relationship. And maybe that's why I was a little bit more invested. I'd never even thought of it that way. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird because I really like that angle of the show too. Um, that's one of my more favorite relationships as well. But but you, you know, probably... identi- are you identifying it though from the son's point of view with the relationship with their father? Because you have a badass father uh, yourself. Gotcha. Maybe so. so. Whereas this is kind of like they don't really flesh out Megan. She's just a stand-in for a father's love for their son or especially daughters, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's still the theory's got legs. Or or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's in a bathtub with a revolver. 
<laughs> um, Daniel WB says, we have to remember the Irish ghost lady from the first episode this season asking whether you can come back from the things you do. Uh, this is why he's a professional podcast critic. Rick Slaughter mm-hmm. of the Pigs, despite all his efforts to become a full-time farmer, clearly indicates that he can't. Rick is forever trapped in the role of a leader making hard decisions. See Carol's Exile. The governor's slaughter of the walkers at the end of the episode, despite his attempts at avoiding killing them whenever possible throughout the episode, shows that he is trapped as well. No matter how long he tries to be a good person, he will return to atrocity and terror. It's inevitable as a pulsing synthesizer that makes up his theme. Hmm. So you think that, that that's the uh, two sides of the same coin angle that I talked about on the pre, uh, the instant mm-hmm. cast. You think they're heading for that? I mean, that seems like thematically where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's certainly something that they've considered um, in this episode and, and probably, you know, the, the rest of this season as well. Um, I, I guess the one thing I would take exception with in that email is the idea that the governor was trying not to kill any walkers at all. I strongly, um, I, I definitely agree with that take. You agree with that take? Yeah. Why did he kill Bathtub Walker? Um, I, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you got me there. So I just I, feel like he, he kind of like did a, uh, a sidestep of the one. He uh-huh. could have killed the one in the, uh, the, the wheelchair walker. He seemed to be kind of avoiding, a confrontation like that, maybe because he wanted the guy's the guy's gun, and he didn't want to be bit while he's doing it. Maybe I, I mean I, I do agree that like he didn't seem to particularly go out of his way to kill any, uh, but I felt like the the stuff in the beginning when he's walking down the road, it was really shot to make him feel like a walker himself. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean he was staggering left to right. Uh, he was just kind of you know doing the bare minimum to avoid that walker instead of killing him. Um, that, that to me didn't say he didn't want to kill him, but just that he, you know, he didn't even feel like killing him. It was just, mm. he's at the lowest level he's ever been. Right. Uh, it's, it's more of his amount of fucks he had to give than a philosophy of avoiding zombie rampaging. Yeah. But then in the nursing home, you're kind of right. I mean, he just walks past a couple, he closes the door on one. Right. Uh, he, he certainly could have killed them and made a clean escape. Hmm. Uh, Moving on to Kenny from Philly says, I fear this show is officially gone. What did it for me was the governor and his two remaining men camping in the middle of the woods and a zombie freaking apocalypse sitting by a fire. They decide to casually shoot a zombie that's posing no immediate threat in the head. How do they know there isn't a herd half mile away? Oh, and that fire won't attract anything either. What makes it so frustrating is I no longer worry when a character leaves a safety zone. Any character. It's getting predictable, which is the antithesis of a zombie apocalypse. Maybe I'm overreacting, but it isn't a good sign that my favorite part of the Walking Dead experience is listening to The Watching Dead. That's awful kind of you, Kenny. Uh, what can we say to put this man at ease? Because that is some bullshit, as you would say in your Daryl accent. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, sorry, man. I can't, I can't help you because I kind the, of agree with you. <laughs> the only thing I can say is that we always said the Woodbury crowd was weak. And soft and relatively inexperienced compared to, uh, you know, because they'd been holed up and in a relatively fortified position. And they didn't know that walkers did took part in herds because if they had, they'd all been dead by now because those fucking, uh, you know, corrugated metal uh, uh, walls were not going to stop anything. Um, Do you think that they just didn't think about that? Uh, It's possible. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they were always told also when they were guarding the wall not to go outside the wall, right? And, right. And how else do you kill a walker when you can't go outside of the wall? You shoot him. I also think that the governor was supposed to be watching, like he was supposed to be keeping watch while they slept. So, you know, they were going to have like a watch system and he just went to Catatonicville. And that's why uh, I think maybe that is why Martin Ass uh, decided to leave. You know, that like this guy, not only is this guy a fucking lunatic, but he's not even useful from a survival standpoint now. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think you're right. Lisa R. says, I initially felt a little disturbed that we were going to spend an episode watching the governor and, of course, keep us in suspense on the Carol, Daryl, Tyree situation. Shit. I forgot that we've that, – that, that's the other thing. This show has delayed that resolution. Probably uh, a whole season for all we know, you know. Oh, God. I found myself enjoying the way – despite this, I found myself enjoying the way they handled the where has he been resolved for the governor and really starting to enjoy the episode. I think they're exploring can you come back once you've gone there question on a long, larger scale. Mm-hmm. They showed a reconnection moving forward to this character when he burned the picture and swearing to protect the little girl who I thought was pretty awesome. I think that this will end up with the season finale – being the governor slash Philip slash Brian reaching out to the prison for protection for his new family. That would be kind of cool. I think it would be. Yeah. And a lot of people I think are kind of latching onto that idea, uh, as really the only interesting way this goes. Um, I mean, the other interesting way is, you know, he kills these people, (laughs) but we've (laughs) seen the governor do that before. Right. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be, much of a change for him. It feel um, a little bit Death Star over indoor. Like you, this is cool, but yeah. we've seen it all before. Uh, Jeff F says, "Why are they trying to make me feel bad for the governor?" After thinking about it more, I think that this was their way of rebooting the character and dealing with the big pile of shit that was the end of last season. I got your back on that take, Jeff. I really do think this is perhaps a misguided attempt by Gimple to really tack the other way on this character. They've effectively turned the governor back into a good guy, giving him something to care about and the potential to be broken again to unleash his revenge on the prison in a fashion that we are all hoping for at the end of last season. Uh, I feel that the only way to judge the quality of this episode will be to see where they take the story in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, uh, I'd like to say more, but I'm going to wait till the spoiler section. What about you, Jim? Okay, he's probably right about that last part. We need to kind of, you know, give him a little leeway. I mean, this is Scott Campbell, right? He's a new showrunner, so... Let him do what he's going to do and then judge it. It's so far been the best season outside of the uh, outside of the pilot season, I think. Uh, the pilot season had some duds, too. I mean, no, no, forget. trust me. I know. Um, but on the other hand, the second half of season two is fairly strong, and the first half of season three was pretty <laughs> strong. So we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely think he's on to something. Uh, Riley M says, I don't believe the show is trying to portray the governor as a sympathetic man. I think it's more along the lines of depicting a man who desperately wants to believe he is still sympathetic. He gunned down his own people in a fit of rage, and I think he was honestly a bit shell-shocked by his own behavior afterwards. Up until he dragged them into a war at the prison, he had genuinely been doing everything he could to protect these people, even though his methods were obviously extreme. He's always viewed himself as the good guy, and I think he means it when he says that guy just lost it. There have been some predicting the governor will come across Carol and then try to use her to get into the prison, and I think it would be interesting if it turned out that Carol has met up with Martinez. How do you, how do you say that? Martinez? Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Uh, or they came across uh, after. Wait. Or they come across her after the governor joins them, which could lead to the governor abandoning these people he has come to care about once he sees an opportunity for revenge. Hmm. That's, po- that's possible. Like uh, so Carol he- could be with their group. 
So he wants to be the better man, but he can't pass up the revenge aspect. Hmm. Just kind of like it'd be like – interesting. I think Rick would feel the same way. Like, you know, if the governor comes calling again, I think Rick is going to gear out for gear up for all out war. Probably. So that would not surprise me. uh, Mark E says on to Lily and Tara or about regarding Lily and Tara and their crew. What is it with season four and a long time survivors being useless? First, the fruit hippies. And now this clan, they can't even clear out their apartment building or take medical supply runs. Okay, maybe they have enough jerky and stolen OT, O2 tanks that they don't need to ever leave the second floor, but then I would expect some scurvy to have set in. It's been close to two years now since the Zed Plague, right? Very good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get a lot of vitamin C with beef jerky, it turns out. Or do no, you? No, or SpaghettiOs. Because uh, uh, I don't know that that's true because like eating animal flesh I thought was a good way to get all your vitamins, essentially. Because uh, the animals because they that- eat... Exactly. The animals themselves eat it, so we don't have to. In jerky form, is that still hold? True? I don't know. I don't have jerky on me that I could. I could. I could check the vitamin C count. Um, but I would right. suspect it's not zero. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think scurvy mostly happened like on ships at sea, where they're just literally eating hard biscuit and rum, and that's it. <laughs> so my diet. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, I guess um, back in the Royal Navy, like, a couple drops of lemon uh, or lime juice uh, in your grog per day was enough to keep the scurvy away. Wow. So, nice. anyway, uh, where was I at? Oh, objections aside, Mark E. continues, I did like the way they de- uh, deployed and developed Lily. Her reaction to the governor is kind of believable as we see time and time again that people are still people. A single mom's going to be interested in a guy who seems willing and capable of caring for a daughter. Almost more imperative in such dire circumstances than when Gramps is fading fast and Little Sis is more interested in fist bumps than target practice. The story of a lone man wandering a broken being drawn back to life by a child slash woman in need is an old one. But what usually happens to a hero, uh, or at least an Eastwood-style anti-hero, the fact that this happened to the villain is interesting. I That's a good point. Does the juxtaposition... Of the storyline, make it interesting all by itself, in your opinion, Jim? Um, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. This this is such a hard one for me to judge because I just don't like the governor as a person. I mean, he's good. He's a good enough character. Um, I don't like what they've done with him, but I just yeah, it's not like just I can't that. really judge the episode on because of that. You know, it's it's not just that. I don't know that David Morrissey is a strong enough character actor to carry this much weight. I think he was good. I I didn't have a problem with his acting this episode. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, then I might, might be wrong. Uh, Ashley W says, I hope this is the right email address. You guys should tell us what it is more often. I do it every, every show. You know, what we've done is we change the template on the web uh, site. It used to post uh, all that stuff every single time in the show notes. And I've gotten so used to it. I forget to do it. So we'll get that worked out. It's watching dead at baldmove.com. And spoiler alert, any fucking email you can find attached to us all goes to us anyway. So <laughs> don't feel too bad if you get the wrong email address. If it works, it works. Anyway, she says, as soon as he started talking to that little girl, that uh, I knew that she's going to be his new penny. I don't understand why he had the knife to kill the guy in the bathtub as well as a gun, but he had to beat the old guy in the head with an oxygen tank. Where was his knife? Uh, fair point. 
I guess the the action tank was in his hands, and he had to immediately deal with the threat. So maybe that was the deal, because uh, he was very damn close to to, to killing Brosis there. I mean, he had her by the hair and pulling her in by surprise. Oh, oh yeah, the grandpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they didn't know that about zombies either. The fact that everyone's infected, right? Yeah, sure. No, they I think didn't. they they actually made that that a point to say that. Uh, then they travel in the woods with no weapons in hand, relaxed as could be. I guess that speaks to this new trying not to be violent, like I haven't lived in a zombie apocalypse persona. But how the hell did he not have a knife or gun when he fell into the screamer pit? It seems like he wanted to protect this little girl from the atrocities of this new world, but he's going to forgo the use of a knife or a gun and mutilate the walkers with his bare hands in the most gruesome way possible in front of her. Even though it's kind of cool, it didn't make much sense to him, to me. So, That's... so they want us to believe that he did not have a gun on his person, and that he did not have a, a knife strapped to him. Yeah, that does seem crazy. That's insane. That's that's absolutely not true, right? Uh, yeah. Because if he had it, he would have used it. Uh, okay. Why Why in the world would he not have had it? I don't know. All right. That's an oversight for sure, right? Maybe they're saying that he just was in rage. Like, and again, the guy did fall like 10 feet down into a bare earth pit holding a 10-year-old. So, like, I can see, again, I would be rolling on the ground and saying, oh, God, for five minutes, easy. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know if I can properly judge him. Yeah, we should film the Aaron version of that scene <laughs> and put it up on the web. Next Kickstarter. My yeah. my grandpa would be only too happy to fire up the backhoe if he knew it was for purpose of me running head first into it. And and properly do you have to blindfold me and not tell me <laughs> how far ahead it is, so I had no idea what to expect. Oh, uh, then you're rolling around. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Um, Alex A says, I understand that they want to create an anti-hero like Merle and have his death be an emotional gut punch for the audience, but there was a reason Merle's death left so many of us in shock. And that reason was Daryl. We forgave Merle because Daryl never stopped loving him, and we rooted for Merle because up to his death, he never tried to be anything other than himself. How this relates to the governor who will redeem him is – or wait. How this relates to the governor is who will redeem him. He – raped Maggie, he let Glenn be tortured, he tried to kill Michonne repeatedly, then he killed his own men just because Rick got the better of him. Who will stand up for him? We know not to trust him, and any of us who uh, any of us want to see is either being him be either Michonne's new pet or having Carl shoot him through his other good eye. We already know he's a bad person, so why not go full force and make him the big baddie we wanted him to be at the end of last season and have an epic two-episode fight where multiple people but die, they're left gaping with loss, and no real winners are in sight. I don't understand. I almost feel insulted that the writers would try to redeem such an awful character. Let the governor be exactly what he is and kill him so we can stop coming back to him. They might uh, still do that, right? But if that's the case, then these episodes, standalone governor episodes, were filler. And I don't like that. Yeah, it feels a little too a little too manipulative if he were to just we were introduced to these people who could be the ones to stand up for him, you know, if he were to go back to the prison. Mm -hmm. Uh then to just have him, you know, become a the same guy he was before uh, except worse. Yeah, I just don't understand why they decided they they wanted to redeem him. Um, you know, ah, I'm away for the spoilers. <laughs> um okay. Yeah, she forgot a lot of things on the governor's rap sheet. I oh mean, yeah, 
there's the tanks and the the heads in the tanks. There's uh, killing the soldiers. Killing, killing US soldiers. Killing uh, Andrea. <laughs> there's just there's so many things that we yeah. hate this guy for. It's so hard to redeem him. Uh, J.K. said, "I actually enjoyed the episode and find myself emphasize empathizing with Philip. I call him that because he is not the governor anymore. He has no town or people to govern." Let's look at this, uh, his major villainous acts. Uh-oh. Uh, he's going to go over to full rap sheet and try to find some esculpatory evidence here. All right. uh, this is some reasoning why Philip isn't necessarily evil. I would class him as having twisted logic and being unbalanced. One, he killed the army guys. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little skeptical of letting a group of highly armed and trained soldiers into my city. Who's to say these guys aren't going from camp to camp killing and taking what they need? Uh... uh Who's to say I, they are? I was going to say. Shouldn't he have found that out before murdering them? Yeah, like everybody, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to put your guns on the ground. And if they don't, you know, give them the Carl deal. Put your guns on the ground. If they don't do it, then open fire. Sure. Um, two, killing Andrea and Milton. Milton basically was a traitor who informed Andrea of the group's plans to attack the prison. If the President of the United States confidant leaked secret attack plans before uh, to a hostile country, he'd have been hung for treason. Andrea's a traitor as well, who clearly stayed with Woodbury until the last minute. Okay. What do you think about right. that, Jim? Sure. Why not? I'll give him I that. I don't know that a president would beat the traitor to death with his bare hands and then resurrect a traitor to eat the other one, but okay. I can see you're going where you're going for. Revenge on Michonne. This one's easy. If someone put a sword through your daughter's head, what would you do? Just because she was a walker doesn't mean it's any easier for Philip to take. Sure. No, I, I totally buy that one. Yep. Definitely, and and Michonne is kind of an asshole. Uh, that whole that whole season, uh, even before it was really justified. <laughs> yeah. Just because she was right uh, doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't act like a total asshole. Uh, killing the group of Woodburyans, obviously the hardest to defend. <laughs> Clearly done out of rage, and to be honest, the weak writing in this episode destroyed the governor plotline. Every other one of his villainous acts had some twisted logic to it. This one just seems to be lazy writing to make the viewers hate him more. Totally agree with you there, which is one of the frustrating things about the last uh, finale. I think Gimple is trying to redeem number four. That's why we got an episode like this. If he's written well, we could have a great mirror of Rick, tormented on the inside and struggling severely, but ultimately making the wrong decisions when Rick makes the right ones. That's, I think, our best case scenario for this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aaron H. said, every week my wife and I uh, like to play a game we call Let's Point Out All the Hilarious Imperfections That Plague the Walking Dead. Last week, it was the manicured lawns of the neighborhood that Rick and Carol went pill shopping in. Glad to see that someone is still mowing the grass during the apocalypse. This week, it was when our Brian the One-Eyed Wonder decided to pull a vet school move by entering the old folks' home through one door and deciding not to go back the way he came in, but in a different way. A way that was five times more dangerous and much more full of zombies. Also, did you guys pick up on the moment where one of the daughters was lecturing their cancer-dying father about smoking while on his oxygen tank? Yes! It's good freaking advice, but he's literally sitting next to open flame from the lantern while she lectures him. <laughs> I I did notice that. Dope. I forgot. I, I actually have that in my notes, and I forgot to mention it. Uh, good good point there, Erin. Uh, Naomi L. says, a part of me thinking... Uh, was thinking that one could write a very interesting and compelling character study revolving around Rick, the governor, Herschel, and Morgan about how these men, who are apparently average family men, handled their losses in the zombie apocalypse. They all basically went down the same road of madness, Herschel falling off the wagon or even keeping a zombie family in the barn 
could easily be Sweetness Mad. Rick's whole batshit crazy episodes last season, Morgan's obsessive need to be clear, probably everything we've seen of the governor. This is that some of them are able to make a U-turn before it got real bad. It's hard not to sympathize with the devil here when some of the heroes went down in some dangerous past when they experienced loss. I'll throw in another bone there for you, Naomi. Uh, the crazy non-functional versus functional line breaks roughly on the ones that lost their children and the ones that didn't. Hmm. Herschel's, yeah. Herschel's family is largely intact. Rick's son and daughter still live. The governor lost his daughter. Morgan lost Wayne. And those are the two characters mm-hmm. that have been the most like crazy and irrecoverably or damaged to the point of crazy. So you might be onto something there. Yeah, good point. Uh, speaking of loss, my favorite line of the episode was, you can lose all your soldiers and still win the game. To me, this one line is multifaceted. It could be about the governor's quest for revenge, despite having lost his Woodbury crew. It could refer to Rick's gang who managed to hold the prison despite severe loss. It could even be Kirkman talking directly to us, telling us that despite the zombies, the crazy people, and super flu taking out people one by one, humanity is still in this game and isn't going to lose. Could it be a hint to how Kirkman plans to end the comic series, that it won't just end with the last human on Earth dying as walkers take over the planet? Somewhat happy ending on the horizon? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, I... Sure, I could speculate on that. Why not? Yeah, uh, um, I were I were a ways from the comic be- book being over. I would think mm-hmm. so, um, but those are all good points and something I'm wondering, uh, trying hard to reconcile with the way they seem to be taking the governor myself. There, Naomi, Justin in Kansas said, "I agree that maybe Gimple is trying to save the governor character." If they pull a, hey, Rick, sorry about the past. Is there room for us to stay with you storyline? I may jump off a bridge. After last week's podcast, I was pumped about the possibilities of an amazing midseason finale. I'm just ready to move on from the governor. Last season ruined that character. It's time to leave the prison and take on some new storyline. Let's hope that next week fixes it all and we get an amazing midseason finale us comic fans want so desperately. Anything to say on that, Jim? No, I'm with him. I'm like keeping it. all my, my uh, thoughts into the spoiler section. Nate M. says, I'm hoping, Jim, I can blow your mind with this. Evil people don't know they're evil. They what? Don't real- they don't realize their actions. <laughs> they don't realize their actions are evil. As far as the governor sees, uh, he's doing what he can to survive and to protect the people he loves. His actions at Woodbury in the prison were manifestations of a man at his breaking point trying to protect his family any way he can. We saw it as evil doings. He lost his family, finally, with the death of Penny. After that, he was completely lost, as shown by his David Carradine-like wanderings. He finds his family holed up in the apartment for the last 18 months, completely unaware. Uh, I'm sorry. He finds this family holed up in the apartment for the last 18 months, completely unaware of the surroundings and goings-on outside. He started helping these strangers and took a liking to them to the point of becoming his new family, as symbolized by the burning of the picture of his old family and the remaining shitty SpaghettiOs left on the still representing his new family was seen as he pushed the burnt picture out the window. Now with lessons learned, he'll do anything, anything to protect them and not to fail as he did with his former family. I think his character study over the last few episodes or the next few episodes is a complete setup to understanding the motivations of his future actions. Should there be a final confrontation at the prison, which God help us needs to happen this time, he won't make the same mistakes by being as merciful as he thinks he was and go balls out. 
Let me stop mm. him right there. Do you think that the governor was merciful last time? Uh, he did not try to be. I was going to uh, say. He uh, sucked at invading Rick's prison. Yeah, he got beat back. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I would also uh, kind of uh, like to dispute the fact that he doesn't realize that he's evil or, or in the very least psychotic i mean he says that much uh at the beginning of the episode in the voiceover right well i mean with nate i'm gonna i'm gonna play nate's i'm gonna devil advocate his devil advocacy here um what if he was talking about not taking care of rick's people when he could have by by saying that the guy who was in charge lost it yeah, like, was he lost at, like, going crazy or lost at, like, lost his edge? Or, I mean, we don't really know what he's – I mean, my implication is that he lost his damn mind. But yeah. if we take Nate's angle, he could just be referring to lost that it, that edge, that governor uh, energy that he had going for him. Okay, I think that's stretching, but sure, why not? On top of this, I think the odd character introductions this season, such as the stoner's girlfriend, the governor's new family, etc., are leading up to his final confrontation. Even Carol, there must be a reason we had to endure through these characters, governor included, this long. I think they all play key roles and have motivations to confront the... Pri- the, the hippie pe- couple, no fucking way, man. No oh, yeah, way. Man. Crucial. If Crucial that, characters. If, if that dumbass is a linchpin in some Governor Martin-ass plot... I don't know what I'll do with myself. <laughs> I mean, granted, I love the movie Commando, which has the worst band of villains of all time, the most unbelievable people that could challenge one of the greatest badasses the earth has ever known. <laughs> but still, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Um,. Anyway, interesting. We will see if anything comes of that. Are we ready to initiate outro sequence? Is that it, man? That's all the feedback got we got this week? T- I got a ton of spoilers. Oh, all right. Good. Uh, sure. Let's do the outro. All right. If uh, you'd like to leave more feedback for us, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can, of course, always follow us uh, on facebook.com slash baldmove. We do our live weekly uh, show uh, round tables with all of our listeners and myself. Jim does the same thing on Twitter at bald move. Follow us both there. And that's all I got ready to kick at the spoilers, Jim. Okay, let's do it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening this week. We'll of course be back next week for the instant cast right after the episode airs. Um, hopefully you guys will join us and, uh, stick through the music for the spoilers. But until then, I'm Jim and I'm Aaron. See you next week. With the spoiler section, what do you got? Uh, Graham H. says, I like to call back to the comic series by having Philip take on the name Brian. In the novel, his real name is Brian, and he takes on the name Philip. Um, mm, nice. Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, Brian was his... Wait a second. His brother's name was Philip, and he's the one that was like the strong big brother that he always looked up to, and he got murdered, and that was the 
the impetus for him to go and take his name and try to be the man that he thought his brother was mm-hmm. and end up fucking things up. So uh, Jeff F. says, in my, if my recollection of the comics is accurate, the character of Lily is the one who killed Lori and Judith. It's possible that they were setting up something similar in the show. Um, interesting. So I like I was under the impression that that was kind of chaotic. Like I haven't read that part, but um, it happened during like the prison break, right? Yeah. So the way um, the way that it went down in the um, the comic is that um, she was part of the prison invasion, and uh, she, she actually killed you know. Uh, because the governor whipped these people up saying these are a bunch of bloodthirsty people trying to threaten her way of life. They're terrorists, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And during the assault, when she accidentally killed Lori and Judith, she kind of realized that these, you know, these people are just like us and the governor's full of shit. And that's when she kind of, you know, turned against the governor. So okay. I thought she like jumped in a room and said, Hey, pricks die and like gun them down in cold blood. No, 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 no. This was, they were like the people in the prison are trying after uh, the governor runs down the fences, they're trying to just flee. And she ended up shooting Lori in the back in the crossfire. Um, gotcha. But yeah, um, I guess that, that, that will be interesting. Um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. they might I, set but, that up. But there's also some. Apparently, this is all. There's this is kind of gets into the road to the governor or whatever, and or road to Woodbury. And I don't know any of that stuff, so I'll have to defer to you on that, there, Jeff. Um, but that would be interesting because she clearly admires the governor, and if she is, if that's what it takes to finally get the stars out of her eyes, killing. You know, we speculated this before that the Beth will be the Lori, and Judith will be the Judith. Um, <laughs> I can see that happening. Uh huh. Dylan okay. says, I was a huge fan of the novels and the stuff of the family is straight out of the first one. The only thing I don't understand is if the novels and the show take place in the same universe. Uh, that means uh, – if that if that's the case, that means this has already happened. The names are the same. The only difference is that Megan played Penny's part. Um, I thought about who killed the governor in the comics, Lily, and what's the name of the girl that's bumping uglies with the governor, Lily? Just a thought. Maybe Martin Ass and his group will take the governor's group. Are taking the governor's group. They're going to attack the prison, and maybe Lily kills Beth and Judith, then kills the governor. Would Martin Ass be in on that? Why? Because I feel like he thinks that's a mistake. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that Martinez wants anything to do with like any of the governor's plans. I mean, what we see in the preview for next week, he's like, "I'm the leader," right? Yeah. Uh, Don't get the it twisted. only reason, the only way you're going to stay here is if you do what I say. Right on. Uh, it also doesn't seem like he's going to tell these people that the governor is with about what he's done or even that his name is not what he says it is. Hmm. Uh, at least that's the impression I got from the preview. So, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Um, some spoilery guy. We've got, we've got the, a deep throat here. Um, <laughs> Okay. He's the guy, same guy that's provided us with spoilers in the past. I'll say that, but for some reason, he's wanting his name kept out of the limelight. Said AMC's being very tight in the security this year, so I can only get access to megawatt spoilers Friday through Saturday, which is, of course, too late for our cast. In lieu of not having anything major, I'll offer a compilation of these small spoilerly bits. Um, so there's some kind of light future looking spoilers here. Um, 
if you want to, this goes beyond the comic book speculation we've talked about. Um, you know what? Actually, let's. I forgot. I've been wanting to talk about this this whole time. Okay. Let's let's put the spoiler guy on the back burner. I want to talk about our own feelings after we were both so pumped up after the spoiler discussion of last week. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Um, why are they doing this to the governor when we need? Uh, we think we think as comic book fans we need to see this guy kill a major character. And we thought there was, you know, we've got a couple people out in the wind right now. We got Daryl that could potentially go out searching for Carol, mm-hmm. get himself captured and get himself beheaded or crossbowed. We got Michonne out with Herschel. Either one of those would be a hit right in the fields if we saw them beheaded outside the prison. Yep. Um, we don't think it's Tyrese um, because that would be kind of maybe too obvious, and I don't think they're done with his character as of yet, and I certainly am not tired of seeing Chad Coleman. Sure. Uh, it could potentially if, be Carol herself, right? Carol herself. Um, it, and we all thought that would be awesome. That would be an awesome way to end the season. Mm-hmm. Why, if if that if we see that, what are the writers of The Walking Dead seeing that we don't? I mean, why are, are, are they well, rehabilitating the governor to, only to have him do something heinous again to make us hate him, which we already did? Mm-hmm. Why rehabilitate him? I don't understand. Is it worth it, the symbolism between him and Rick? I don't know. I, I don't even feel like that rehabilitation works in the light of what we've seen of him last season. Um, hmm. So, I, I I mean, okay, if we assume that it does work um, – is that rehabilitation uh, setting something up that we will see, like him coming back to the prison? Is that setting something up that's more interesting than him beheading a character? Uh, I don't, I don't know how it could be, right? Well, I think that they're going to maybe potentially try to have their cake and eat it too. Which, again, if they do that, it'll feel like this episode, these two episodes, were just filler with no real purpose. It's more of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, shit where they had like, you know, an intense battle for wills between Shane and Rick. And it would have been gripping, except we'd seen it six times before. Mm -hmm. You know, and or is Lori going to side with Shane or is she going to side with Rick? I mean, the stuff that you kind of get tired of because it just happens again and again and again. You take this guy to the valley, you lead him up out of the valley just to chuck him off in a valley again. It doesn't make any narrative sense. Yeah. I, 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 there's something to the idea that I think um, Gimple may want to do this his own way as well uh, to try to reclaim that governor character. I, I really okay. do feel like it's got to be something along those lines where you just feel like they, they fucked it up so bad before I want to try again. So is it possible that maybe that maybe Philip or the governor is a good guy and he tries to get – uh, he he tries to get his his ladies into the prison for their protection, and Rick rebuffs him. And that's mm-hmm. what would that be interesting way to drive the crazy train that Rick basically Reese uh, brought brought back from the dead this villain like a zombie. Unless Rick kills one of the people that he cares about, then that wouldn't happen, right? I mean, he goes to the prison. He says, "Hey, let us in. Take these people. Uh, I'm a good guy now." And Rick says, "No, fuck you." The governor leaves, right? The governor doesn't have to like take revenge at that point. He's well, lost maybe nothing. things maybe things go really bad between him and Martinez. I don't know. Uh, 
It could, yeah. I mean, he says in the next episode, no dead weight, right? I mean, what if Martinez says, all right, well, these uh, these two ladies and this girl have got to go because they are not pulling their weight. Yeah. Yeah, we only because pre- they're rubes, right? They don't know anything about this apocalypse. They don't have any experience. So he might say, "Yeah, we can't have them here. They've got to go," and the governor might not like that. Hmm. It, I'm struggling to see how those are more interesting than yeah. us dealing with, uh, you know, having two episodes to deal with the Carol Daryl fallout, um, and then any of the. Uh, and it, it's – I'm actually surprised I liked the episode as much as I did because that was rattling around in the back of my head. It's like, okay, I don't mind seeing this, but how is this better than what we'd already talked about? Which, mm-hmm. again, is something straight out of the comic books that they could have scored. I mean, you know, outside of the outside of Game of Thrones, I can't think of another show that would that be that ballsy to do something like that to fairly – even if they just did it to Carol or Herschel, I think those characters are – well, especially Herschel, even Carol – that character is respected enough amongst the fan base that that would be a huge thing. Her death at the hands of the governor. Oh yeah, like they got they they had the spicy chili cooked up. They just had to serve it, and now it's like they went and diluted it. Yeah, they put it in the fridge. They're they turned it to that... Cincinnati chili. <laughs> Who the hell likes that? That yeah, shit ain't runny. That shit's meat water with cinnamon in it. Um, are they going to bring it back to being some kind of uh, chunky textile chill? I don't know. I can't know where to go with that analogy. No, uh, but you're right. I mean, analogy. wouldn't it have been? Wouldn't it have been cool to see? Uh, maybe if we just went back to the prison for a couple of episodes and they didn't really go into the governor's stuff at all, and we know that the governor is out there, uh, just waiting, uh, building, doing whatever he's doing, and there's kind of this ominous feel over the rest of that that prison stuff uh i don't know it's weird know. because normally normally i'd say what we're doing is writing fan fiction and that's always mm-hmm. a bad idea except for this was an official storyline that already took place that everyone liked in the comics yeah so yeah. it's like we're basically saying we want we're, we're, we want to fit the narrative back in an awesome path maybe this will be awesome somehow i'm just having a hard time seeing it sure all right. Anything else to say before we get into the some spoilery guy? Nope. Okay. Now, if you guys are really spoiler sensitive uh, and you want to and, and you want to look, don't want to look ahead to the weeks to come, maybe switch off now. Uh, some spoiler guy said, you know, we were talked about blah blah blah. Uh, some more full on governor com- incoming. There's supposed to be a two standalone governor episodes this season. We've already seen one. Suspect that second is next week, and that's what the previews looked like. Again, prison conspicuously absent. Mm-hmm. Um, a tank has been seen set uh, on the set in July, and people said that they heard a loud boom. Uh, personally, I don't know about this. I only know what happens either the day before or two days before it airs. Um, I've heard that report as well. That would seem to imply if it happened in July that this is stuff that's going to happen this season. That yeah. implies that the prison will be ransacked. But, man, if they do the standalone governor business, that's going to be all this ha- shit happens in one episode, mm-hmm. which maybe that'll work. Uh, Lizzie sticks around for a while. Uh, not Lizzie. Um, shit, Lily. No, it's not Lily. Was it Lily? Lil- yeah, Lily is the the boning partner for the guy. Fucking me up there, spoiler guy. Uh, Lily sticks around for a while. So does Tara. Tara supposedly is going to join Team Prison. Oh, I'm God. not sure how, Tara? but that's what he. Yeah, fist bump. Ah. Uh, all right, we'll see how Daryl handles Tara. It's it's too bad Axel wasn't alive to see a real live lesbian. 
<laughs> oh, your you hair is longer than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's see. Tara is supposed to make it until at least the end of the season. Uh, Steven uh, uh, Glenn has been filming uh, Abe's crew. Abe, Rosita, and Eugene are supposed to sh- uh, sh- uh, show up around episode 10. So that was uh, – you've not made it that far. Um, but that I was kind of thinking they might be introduced by the season end, uh, kind of the way they handled Tyrese. Um, but it looks Is like that... they're hmm? – go ahead. Oh, That's I was going to next... ask if that would be people who were in Martinez's group. Oh, I guess it could be, but it's the, his sources are saying that they don't show up until episode 10, which would be next season, next okay. half season. Uh, some synopsis for future eps. Uh, 407, dead weight. Someone, something new unfolds at a camp outside of prison. The addition of new members may threaten peace. Uh, episode 408, too far gone. After things begin to calm at the prison, Rick and the group face immediate danger. I'm pretty sure everyone except Herschel makes it until at least past the mid-season finale. Um, I don't know if he's actually got anything information on that Herschel part. Um, so something new unfolds at a camp outside the prison. Are we to believe that Martinas has had a camp right outside the prison for this whole time with Rick's company being unaware? Uh, maybe. With Michonne maybe. and her tracking ability? <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems kind of crazy, but. Maybe know. she's only good at kicking ass. She actually is a shit tracker. But Daryl mm-hmm. is a good tracker. Yeah, right? but da- yeah, but Daryl's like doesn't didn't want to do that. So, okay, yeah. Um, after be- things being the calm with the prison, Rick and a group face immediate danger. So that means if if the if if the tank shit is true and it, it having four hundred eight, and this is all about the prison being ransacked, uh, how in the hell we're not going to get any real satisfying resolution to the Daryl Carroll problem. There's not a time. Um, probably not. Mm-mm. Unless the cliffhanger is the governor showing up at the gates, which I've said at the beginning of the season that that's kind of not going to sit well with me. Do I, and I'm having a hard time imagining in a scenario where it will. I don't know. I mean, isn't that what a cliffhanger is supposed to do? It's kind of not sit well with you. Make Remind you, you see... of how pissed off you were last season? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It, it makes you go, oh, God, the next one's going to be good. I can't wait for this to come back. I feel like this is the perfect, uh, like, season four Breaking Bad ending where they need to – it's more of a – it's more of a satis- – they needed to satisfy. They needed to bring out the Snickers bars. Okay. They don't need to fucking tease us with appetizers for next season. They need to get us – that would be the exciting thing. If they, like, really stuck the ending, like, barn-on-fire style of this prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the most fired up I've been on a a, a, a season finale, and that was the complete ending of a storyline. We had no idea what was coming next. I love that yeah. about Walking Dead. Same when, with, like, season four of Breaking Bad, right? Right. I mean, they completely wrapped up a storyline, and you didn't know what was going to happen, but you were really super invested in finding out. Mm-hmm. It seems like Walking Dead doesn't do cliffhangers very well at all. So, yeah, I guess not. The other thing that's that's really weird, this makes me think that they're going to leave that zombie horde out there, or that herd, sorry, uh, until the end of next season. Like the end of I the guess. second half? I guess. 
But if they're on a road, yeah. Yeah, it feels to me like they're going to have the governor come in and try his attack, and that's going to fail, and they're going to do some more prison stuff, and the horde or the herd is actually going to drive them out. Yeah, it's, I mean, Chekhov's horde delayed or denied. Yeah, they really tease that early, right, if that's the case. Yeah, I don't know why you put that in there. Um, If it was just a roadblock for roadblock's sake. Oh, that would be terrible if it never came back? Yeah. No. Oh well, we'll see. Um, uh, we'll have. To, I mean, it's all going to go down in the next two episodes. <laughs> yep. Uh, whether we're excited about the next half of the season or not, um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> all right. So that's it for the spoiler section. That's I guess, it huh? for the spoiler section. Okay. You're the outro man, man. <laughs> outro us. Get the get the hell I'm out of outro? here. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, sticking through the spoilers with us, and like I said before, how we'll be have back we next done week. this podcast literally hundreds of times, uh, and we still have stuff like this happen? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very tired this week. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Stick with us uh, next week. Right after the episode, we'll be back with the instant cast. And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Keeping our fingers crossed.